Hello and welcome to St. Paul's Lutheran Church Bible Study for Wednesday, August the 8th, 2020. Over the past 20 some odd weeks, we have all been reminded that God truly intended for us to worship and live in community with each other. As Christians, we believe and trust that God has short-term as well as long-term plans for our peace and well-being. At St. Paul's, we are growing into our vision of learning, loving, living God's Word. Now let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for being our Creator. Thank you for the many gifts you bestow upon us. Help us to have ears to listen and eyes to see. Please allow your Holy Spirit to help us discern when you are knocking on our doors to invite us closer to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's Bible study will be a mix of Bible study and some of my own personal witness to the power of our Creator God. Let's start off with a story about Moses tending his father-in-law's flock near Mount Horeb. And some scholars think Mount Horeb and Mount Sinai are one and the same. And this is when Moses encountered a burning bush. This wasn't just any burning bush, but it was a burning bush that was not being consumed by the fire. I don't know about you, but if I had seen that, I would certainly have gotten my attention like a loud knock on my door. As we all know, God spoke to Moses from the burning bush and had a very interesting conversation with him about how God wanted Moses to go to Egypt, negotiate with Pharaoh, and ultimately lead his people out of captivity. The burning bush story is in the book of Exodus chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 1 through 11, but please feel free to pause this and read the rest of chapter 3 as well as part of chapter 4 that tells the whole story. But I'll give you a condensed version in just a second. Here is the reading. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Mount Horeb the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire. It didn't burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. 
So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of this land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? So the metaphor for the knock on the door here was the burning bush. And Moses certainly opened the door and became engaged in conversation with God. God's conversation with Moses did bear fruit as evidenced in Exodus chapter 4, verse 18. And here is the reading. Then Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Let me return to my people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. Moses heard, so to speak, God knocking on his door, and he opened the door. In the past several years, friends and family have asked me many questions relative to my faith journey. The questions can be summed up in four words. What happened to you? Actually, I've had two people ask me that very question. I have pondered this question and have a very simple answer, as well as a complex answer that I'll share with you soon. Before I share my answers, let me tell you some of the changes in my life that have occurred over the last eight years. I look forward to Sunday morning worship on a regular basis. Even during social distancing, Laurel and I have continued to worship online until we started in church worship in early July. I look forward to Wednesday evening prayer service and Bible study. Goodness gracious, if you'd asked me nine years ago if I'd be attending Wednesday evening church activities, the answer would have been something like, are you kidding me? I cuss less than I used to. I look for opportunities to speak about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and matters of faith. I try to be less judgmental. I've read 65 faith-based books in the last eight years. I call these books Food for My Soul. I look forward to daily Bible study and devotional reflection every morning. I had the honor and privilege of guiding a Sunday school class for 4th, 5th, and 6th graders. This may well be the most rewarding result of my change. When COVID-19 hit, I was leading a group of young adults called the Navigators. I dearly miss this group and can't wait to get back together in person. I have become a Stephen minister. No, I'm not a preacher. I portrayed Andrew, one of the disciples, in an Easter production at our church. Arthur Suggs, an actor? Never. <laughs> when I was originally asked to participate in this production, I did my best Moses imitation and let Pastor Metz know I was certainly not qualified. I really did think of Moses and how God spoke to him and reassured him that he would be with him on his journey 
I prayed and asked for God's help and received it in being part of the Living Last Supper production. What a life-changing event that was. I am honored to participate in delivering Holy Communion to members of our church that are unable to attend. Occasionally, I write faith-based blogs. Now, as a note, please understand none of these changes in my life came about as a result of me doing anything to earn God's favor. That would be something referred to as works righteousness that we see manifested in what is called the prosperity gospel, where people are led to believe the more we do for God, the more he will reward and bless us. God loves us all equally and unconditionally. As you can see, there have been some significant changes in my life over the last eight years. I have no doubt many more changes will occur in my life as I continue to grow to be more distinctively Christian person. The changes I have cited are by no means meant to be self-exalting or to be viewed as bragging. These changes have occurred in my life simply because I answered God's knock on my heart's door. My foolish, selfish pride would love to take credit for the changes, but if I did that, I would be eliminating God. The simple answer to what happened to you is, I heard God's knock and opened the door. Eight or so years ago was not the first time God had knocked on my heart's door, but it was the first time I opened the door wide enough to acknowledge his presence. The more complex answer takes a little more explaining. If you've read any of my blog entries or if you've ever talked with me about faith matters, you know one of my favorite Bible verses comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. And here it is. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. This comes from one of Paul's letters he wrote to the early church he helped start. It refers to the seed of faith Paul planted in the early Christians and his friend Apollos watered. But Paul gives full credit to God for making their faith grow. The anxious, impatient human traits we are all born with make us think we, as mere mortals, can make all kinds of changes in others, including making believers out of them. Well, it ain't so. I still, still catch myself wanting to give the growth. As a Stephen minister, part of our training emphasizes the truth that we are not cure givers, we are caregivers. We are the hands and feet of Christ and part of God's divine plan to help him in his kingdom. In my life, I have had many people who were and are the hands and feet of Christ help to plant, cultivate, and water the seeds of faith in my heart. I missed my earthly chance to personally thank some of those who have departed, but I look forward to thanking them in our eternal life to come. To my earthly family, friends, acquaintances, who are and will continue to be my faith-based influences, I say thank you for being willing to be the hands and feet of Christ in the mission to plant and water seeds of faith. 
to all my family and friends that have ever thought they may have heard even the faintest knock from God on your heart's door. Answer it and open it wide. I read a wonderful book in the past titled Building a Discipling Culture by Mike Breen. The following commentary comes from the, that book. Christ didn't run after the rich young ruler because he know, knew the young man's heart wasn't ready. Jesus knew and let him walk. Jesus never ran after anyone. Instead, he made himself available to those willing to wholeheartedly seek the way of God, the truth about God, and the life found in God. I am trying to learn this principle and practice it daily in my efforts to plant seeds of faith. It is our privilege, honor, and duty to be the sowers of seeds of faith and trust God to give his growth in his time. Over the last years, I have tried to plant seeds of faith in others and trust God to give the growth, and I have seen many instances where God has given the growth. Let us pray. Dear God, you are the ultimate cure giver and growth giver. Thank you for trusting us to be your planters. And Father, please let your Holy Spirit comfort us and give us the patience to allow you to give the growth. I ask this in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.